Welcome to the Homeschool Together podcast. Where one working mom and a stay-at-home dad help you navigate the nuts and bolts of the growing and dynamic world of homeschooling. With a focus on early learners. Like me! All the ins and outs of building and maintaining your homeschool life. Homeschool! Find out tips and tricks to make things like this easier. I'm reading! And ultimately, enjoy educating your kids. And what's that last thing? Have fun together! Did I do good, Daddy? (laughs) Yeah, you did, sweetie. Good job. Hello and welcome to Homeschool Together, newlywed edition. (laughs) (laughs) Today we're going to be talking about the homeschool purpose and kind of you know, rekindling and and between the two of us and kind of testing and seeing what, you know, what our purpose is. And we're going to, each of us have come up with some, uh, a list of purposes that we feel are the reason we do homeschooling. And it might be a nice way for us to kind of reconnect this year as we, you know, we were talking about it a lot this morning. Um, We have a very busy year coming up, you know, with our daughter starting the parent partnership. We were talking about our youngest possibly going into a, a little preschool at yeah, the end of the for year, a couple days a week. for a couple of days a week, and so we're we're starting to get into this. You know, we got children; we ain't got babies anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah. I think it's a good time. You know, as we're getting ready to embark on the new year, it's a good yeah. time to talk about uh, why why we why we homeschool because you know there's difficult days, and it's good to to remind us. So the newlywed joke is because we don't know the answers that each other have given as we've been married for 11, 11 years now. So um, we've been together for 16, 16. Yeah. So, so yeah, we're not new. What's going on? (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, so we're going to see what we come up with, but before that, if you could head down into the show notes and check out all of our links to social media, connect with us, please leave us an iTunes review. We would super, super appreciate that. Do you see that, guys? She did my my stuff. But that's the kind of a connection that we have after 16 <laughs> years. But she just realized, I saw her, she was struggling through it, and she's realizing it's not that easy to be the MC of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I stepped outside my zone. You stepped outside your zone, and you realized, you know, skills are learned. This is a skilled <laughs> job. Not, all right, host. All right. All right. So, ladies first. Beauty before brawn. <laughs> you get to go first. What was your first purpose? All right. So my first purpose for homeschooling is to build close family connections. So that's <sighs> parents to... Look at ch- that. Number one on my list, oh, too. Oh, man. See? So, so how many so, points do we get? It was like 25 points? Yeah. The points don't matter, right? Points like, don't whose matter. Lies, yeah, whose lines is it anyway? Um, so, you know, this is about building close relationships, not only between us and our children, which I think is just the the purpose <laughs> in life, right, is to have this close relationship with these little humans that we, we've made and love. Um, but for them to have close relationship to each other, I know when we, when we um, decided to have a second, I was very concerned. So Matthew has one sibling and I uh, am an only child. And so I don't know anything about sibling dynamics, but of all the friends that I know, there's like, you know, some of them get along and they have close relationships with yeah. their sister or brother and others are barely on speaking terms. And I'm, I was really concerned about that. And one of the things that gave me solace was that I thought, you know, with homeschooling, 
we're going to build such a closer relationship than we would have if the the girls were in a normal school. And yeah. I loved when we interviewed um, Jordan Anderson and she yeah, talked no. about that ultra close thing, relationship yeah. with her brother. And I just, it was like balm to my heart because I was just, I, the last thing that I want, we decided to have a second child so that our daughter would have a lifelong friend. And for, uh, you know, if they grow up and they're, and they're not close and, and not that, we can completely dictate that but that would just that would be so sad that was the whole reason she would have a playmate a friend and i think with homeschooling we're gonna build a close connection between them i agree i you know for me the family has always been a big thing for us we you know we've talked about this i think you know the first night we were together right the at the mm-hmm. denny's you know ooh, we're, we're gonna turn this into the rom-com oh gosh let's no. not talk about the meat cute the meat cute yeah um I, I we'll take a little side note. I almost buried the entire relationship because I launched an early dad joke at Ariel. We were in line, and then she was in front of me, and they said, "Hey, Matt, can you see?" And I said, "No, it's all right. I have an aerial view." <laughs> and that's when I knew he was the one, folks. That's when I knew. But the, this one's a keeper, the guys. That one's for free. You can take that one. He was twenty-one, and he already had the dad joke. Just totally. She knew this guy's husband material. <laughs> no okay so we'll dial it back so yeah family's been the big thing for me and i think that was something we talked a lot about that we wanted to have kind of like a Mm -hmm. a really close family together um you know my family my dad went to school when i was younger and you know there was a lot of this kind of felt like a sing you know a single mother household and then my dad would come back from school and so medical school yeah and so i always remember like you know enjoying the time that we were together and so that you know, for me, that was something that was important. That was something we talked about when we began that, mm-hmm. you know, we want to really make sure that we spend a lot of time together. And I think, you know, that was the idea. But, you know, like a lot of times we have these ideas when we're younger, and we don't really know what we're talking about. Like, yeah. we think we know what we're talking about at 20 something years old, but we really don't. We and, really didn't. Yeah. And we're, I mean, we're starting to get a little crotchety here, you know, get off my lawn, old man type of stuff. <laughs> but, you know, approach 40. But, but as you approach older, you, you do you do understand that 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 wisdom is there when you're older. And as we came through our late 20s and early 30s when we were working and we had our careers and everything like that, and when you're starting to crank through 60, 70 hours a, a week working, you know, all the hours of the night, you wake up to go to the bathroom, you got to check your email, you know, those type of things in the, you know, the tech world, you know, that wasn't sustainable, but we mm-hmm. didn't have any kids at that time, so it was okay. But also, I like, don't really think it was okay even then. It wasn't okay. That, yeah, really. I still have PTSD from it. But, um, you know, it was, you know, I, I think we learned a lot of lessons then. And mm-hmm. I think we learned a lot of lessons because we, we didn't, we were, we were lucky enough to not have kids then because I, I don't think it would have been a good experience for them no. at the time. But we saw other people, you know, you do the people watching at work and you see, like, hey, you know, they're, you know they're alone the kids are at preschool all day long and that's not something we wanted or they're in they're in preschool care right so before school care then yeah. they're in school and that's then they're in that... after school care their parents pick them up they're both working and we knew that we we knew that this wasn't the life we wanted and, and so we made that you know we well, were and, fortunate to be able to make the sacrifice yeah. so that you could come home and stay home full time and that was my life when i was younger you know my mom would drop me off at latchkey at six in the morning and then she would pick me up at latchkey at at six at night and so it was a 12-hour day you know, and then you slap public school in between there and have to do all my homework and then, you know, come home, make dinner and go to bed. Right. And so that was yeah, your life for a, for no a number family, of years. family time. Well, not that like, I'm not like criticizing that because that was what they needed to do. But 
you know, we had the choice to not have to do that. Right. And so we, we did angle ourselves a lot in that direction. And, you know, there's always that line that's kind of crude, but, you know, on nobody's tombstone does it say, I wish I spent more hours at, at the office doing more work. Right, right, right? absolutely. They, they always say, I, wanna, I wish I would have spent more time with my family. Yeah. And so, you know, for me, I take that to heart. And I think that's a big, big driver why we not only waited to have children, you know, and then, you know, prepared ourselves for children. You know, we always joked, you know, we had everything on the spreadsheet. And we're such planners. <laughs> we're such planners. We're such nerds. But a lot of people kind of went, ha, 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 you don't know. But like, no, we actually executed to that plan. And we were, you know, yeah, I much. think we have a pretty good relationship on the planning element. And then, you know, we execute to that. And that was really important. And so that all kind of flowed into it. Like, okay, when we have children, we're going to be ready to, to, to you know, take the hit of one of us staying home for it. Mm-hmm. And we've always talked about me being that person. So even from day one, that was our kind of our idea that we wanted to kind of do. Yeah. yeah and so I agree with you. I think number one on my list right here, family being together after years of working and grinding, I didn't want to miss out on their youth. And that was a big thing for me. And right. I think, you know, in all the terribleness of this year, I think there's a like kind of a silver lining oh, is that definitely. you've, you've been here because you, I don't want to say you missed out, but you weren't, you know, I didn't have the day-to-day thing that I had with our, with our oldest, but right. you've had that with our youngest. And I think that's mm-hmm. been kind of a blessing this year for you. That yeah. You didn't have to, you know, we've made a lot of changes in the last couple of years. We moved, you know, we got a new house. We got moved closer to your your work. I got, I got a new job. Got a new the whole job. Thing. We got yeah. all the new stuff. We, we, so made, we made a lot of changes for made our a lot family of life. Quality of life changes. Yeah. yeah. I, I used to have a very long commute. It was like an hour and a half in the morning and it could be kind of up to two hours at night. And it just, it had gotten to that point where it was really bad. And well, we when realized, we first moved to Seattle, it was normal. But well, then, yeah. then everybody else moved to Seattle. <laughs> it became <laughs> Abby normal. <laughs> so it, I think that, uh, you know, making those changes for quality of life and it's good. It's yeah. good to remember that this is top yep. of both of our lists okay so what's your next one my next one number two is the freedom to travel and vacation without the requirements of school the school schedule you know what i think that's also very important but it didn't make my list you didn't make your list you know what we talk about it all the time i i know we do i i don't know i feel like in this pandemic era i can't even think about travel but i love travel but you're right the the freedom and flexibility you got to come into me you got to get the 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 monkey brain it's got to kick back in we got to get to the post-pandemic mindset Right. So for me, travel is, you know, we've always talked about this, being able to go places and see things when everybody else is sitting in the, you know, the, the school grind when they're, you know, nine to five, Monday to Friday, whatever it is, you know, we having the ability for us to, you know, go do some traveling, you know, get in the car, do a road trip, a long weekend, do camping, mm-hmm. things of that nature. You can't do that when you're in the public school. And yeah. th- and that's not a knock on people who, you know, obviously some people need to use the public school and that's their thing. But that's something that we always talked about is, you know, to have that ability to say, hey, let's go to the, the museum on a Tuesday when, mm-hmm. when, when it's like nobody's there. And you have the freedom to kind of roam around and explore and see things, yeah. you know, the freedom to go hiking on trails that nobody's on because it's a weekday and and right well and, these activities. and being gone a number of days from school right i, I know a co-worker that i that i worked with he wanted to take his daughters on this amazing trip to greece but it was going to put them a couple of days over their maximum unexcused absences for the year it was this incredibly yeah. educational trip he wanted to take them on and it was like uh, he yeah. he actually couldn't 
couldn't go. They had to shorten their trip so that they wouldn't conflict with the public school. And it was just, uh, it was sad, right? That yeah. he, and I thought, wow, I'm so glad we're not going to well, deal and with we that. And we used to talk about this with the, when we used to live in Florida. Um, because in Florida, you know, dirty secret, there are good times to go to the, the amusement parks in Orlando. Yeah, that's for sure. And the locals know those times. Right. Uh, Yes. I don't know. Those times are becoming. It's becoming because it's such yeah. a worldwide destination yeah. now that but uh, back it's in hard. the back in the day, back way in the way back machine. <laughs> We're so old. We're so old. <laughs> no. uh, back in the day when we used to live there, uh, January February was the time the locals all went to the parks, mm-hmm. and we always talked about that, like, well, we couldn't do that if we had kids in public school. Right. And that was one of the things we always kind of talked about, and I think that kind of was that beginning of the thi- of us talking about being able to travel things. And then one of my aunts did that road trip with their kids in the Winnebago and they went out to the Midwest and they went out to the Plains. they do like dinosaur Yeah, they did dinosaur and digs. Stuff. And we kind of thought, we remember I was talking about that going, man, that was such a cool trip for those kids. They'll never forget of that. And I'm thinking inside my head, I'm like, well, if we homeschool, we, we sure. can do that whenever we want. Mm-hmm. And so those are kind of the ideas that I had. So what's your number? That's absolutely true. What's, what's your next one on your list? So the next one on my list is to ensure that our daughters have and never lose their love of learning. Oh, look at that one. We're at, we're at, uh, creating lifelong learners. Yeah. So I think this is a big one for me. You and I both, right? We love to learn. I, I've always loved to learn. I've always been a kind of a teacher's pet type of kid. I just, I loved being at school. I loved learning. And I have a new hobby every three days. Right. Yeah. yeah. So you always love learning. But for me, at some point, um, in, at you know, in the public school system, um, and you even in private school, right? The, mm-hmm. the the books that they kind of forced you to read, the the work it it became. I really lost that joy, that natural joy, and it did. It took me. I mean, I, I don't even think I had that through college. It took me post college, really m- meeting you and mm-hmm. learning things together with you, yeah. really reinvigorated my love of learning. But I would say from maybe junior high to the end of college. I didn't really enjoy learning. I, I did it because I needed to do but it. But you didn't realize it, like no. in the moment. You didn't realize that. No. You were, you know, you were just trying to get things done. You didn't read books for pleasure. I anymore. never read a book for fun past then, elementary school. And then you started yeah. reading for pleasure again, and it kind of like, you know, it was just an explosion. Right. But yeah, the the idea that we I think really codified this with us is we saw a lot of like my cousins and some younger kids who used to read a ton. And then they would say, I don't read anymore. And in that moment, you know, they were like, oh, yeah, because I'm really busy and I got all these things. I'm like, I remember you used to just crank through a book a day, right? Yeah, they love to they read. Love to and read. They love to learn. And like, now they were so busy. Yeah. And then I said, well, why don't you just pick up a book on the weekend? Oh, I'm just, I don't want to do it anymore. Yeah. And I'm think, we, we always kind of step back and go, man, I don't, because at that moment we had kind of refound that love mm-hmm. of learning and, and reading and all those type of things. And we kind of like, as we got older, we kind of looked back and said, wow, look at these younger kids. They're, they're not enjoying what they're doing. Yeah. And we had that kind of that, that moment, I think, in our late 20s where we kind of said, hey, this is something that's important. We need to start thinking about this, mm-hmm. especially for our kids. This is something we don't want to happen to them. Now, it's not to say that they are going to, you know, if you could send your kid to school, you'd be public school and, and or a private school or whatever, that they wouldn't have the love for learning. There's nobody no. saying that. But we did see a lot of that, and that was just something we saw that we, and we also saw it in ourselves too. We looked back, once we saw that happening, we said, wow, I had that same thing happen mm-hmm. to me. And I went to pri- private school in high school, you went to public school, 
So we had both experiences mm -hmm. and we both had the same problem. And then we looked through high college and we said, man, I never had time to read for pleasure. You know, I never had time to pick up books or to, to try to yeah. explore something else because I had, you know, 500 physics problems I had to do for the week or, I, or you had to do like, uh, I'm looking at it. No, you got rid of most of your books. But yeah, I mean, you, you had to do millions of problems and we had to do all these projects I, and, and stuff. And I did start, you know, it wasn't until um, Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings became big things. So kind of in college and that's when I started reading for pleasure again. And I did read a bit through college and, and start to kind of ramp that up. But I did, I, I, know, I know it waxes and wanes, right? And, and yeah. kids get busy in junior high and <laughs> high school are such difficult transitionary periods in your life. Sure. But I, I kind of... I, when I look back, I can kind of remember the classes that killed my love of reading because yeah, right. the, I always looked forward in elementary school to the books they assigned us to read because they were all so good, yeah. right? I read The Secret Garden. We read Hatchet. Mm -hmm. We read just a bunch of just classic, wonderful books, right? And then I got into junior high and, and then into high school when the books became just they were kind of like a drudgery. I don't know if they were chosen by a board or what, but they weren't <laughs> good books. And, and so, yeah. So anyway, lifelong, um, learners, you know, kindling and keeping the fire going of their love of learning. So what's I, your I next agree. one? My next one is, so for me, um, this is kind of something that I think is really important to something that I've learned in later in life is the idea of critical thinking, but also the idea of deep focus. So being able to both, Take in information, use the tools in your tool belt to understand or analyze, but also to challenge yourself to, you know, dive into a, a subject you maybe never have, have learned about. You know, like, I think we're all, all of us have become, you know, armchair epidemiologists over the last <laughs> nine months, right? And, that, you know, that's, that's the case of, of, you know, a wide popular issue or whatnot but you know what if you're reading um some star trek book or something like that and they talk about a concept that you a trolley the trolley the, you know scenario they're talking about antimatter or like, antimatter that was and on you go, the science show the other well, day well well great i want to go learn a little bit more about that and being able to have the ability to have the critical thinking skills the um the ability and the tools in your tool belt to go find the information to learn to find trustworthy sources, mm -hmm. um, to read those sources, and then to pull that information into your own inner understanding and how to do that is a lifelong skill that is not built overnight. And that is something that really needs to be done. And that's I feel that's something that I, I still struggle with, right? I still have to really be thoughtful on how you think and how you research and how you learn and and to not let emotional things or um, things that people tell you are truth and being able to you know pick and choose through those things i think that's a skill especially in nowadays is is a skill that i think is really important um but then also the idea of deep focus so the, that goes back to kind of that lost love of learning um lost love of reading type of thing and being able to sit down and, and have somebody sit and read for four hours that's not something people can do these days and that's something that there's been kind of a movement back to this idea of deep focus, being able to dive in and focus on something for a long period of time. You know, you see this with kids a lot of times, you know, our oldest will sit there and play with, you know, her little people for an hour and a half and just act and, and, and have voices and, and, and play with those things. That is a level of deep focus that most people don't have, right? We have these horrible, you know, little brick boxes that we're all attached to that are in our pockets and 
you know, it breaks our focus all the time. And then being able to sit there and put that away and be able to focus on something, I think is a, is a, is a powerful skill. So being able to focus on things and also being having all the tools in the tool belt, I think are, are great skills for, for children or you know, are great skills that I want my kids to learn. Mm-hmm. Because I think it's going to benefit them going forward. So I, I don't know if that one's on your list. No, not on my list. But I think it's I think it's interesting what you say about defocus. Because when we did uh, our episodes, if you go back and look at the episodes of a uh, of uh, Am I Doing Enough? And we talked about kindergarten, first yeah. and second grade. The amount of um, shifting and shifting changing, and yeah. movement there doesn't allow them to really get deep into anything. Not at all. So I, I think that's a good that's a good one. That's yeah. a really good one. So what's your next one? Okay, so um, mine is to let our children have a childhood, not a stressful school homework life that feels more like work of adulthood. I, I've got one on there that's sort of like that, yes. So go ahead. Yeah, so I, I just I think we're seeing this trend, and, and some communities are going uh, you know, and, and not having homework at all anymore, which is kind of an interesting pendulum shift. But yeah. you know, we've been seeing this trend of, longer school days and more homework so that and then kids have the extracurriculars which they have passions uh, uh, around and so they're spending so much time mm-hmm. doing these and it's so stressful yep. that we're seeing very young children having i've seen just an explosion even in people that i know Pan- panic and anxiety panic and anxiety and i i come from a background of having uh, lots of problems mm-hmm. with anxiety and, and I've really worked hard and there's been a lot of therapy and things to get over that anxiety. And it just kills me to see anxiety in children this young. Yeah. They should be out after school playing exactly. and having fun, but yet they're, they're doing homework. We, we, uh, for a while there, you coached basketball. This was fifth grade boys basketball. So it was, they were 10 to 11 years old, something like that. Um, and these boys would get to you at practice at like 7 p.m. And this will be their second sport they just went to. They had a, they had a practice for another sport just before the. Some practice. of them did, and some of them didn't. But the ones that didn't, mm-hmm. I remember these kids telling you, you'd get them. And they were just like, they were like hooligans. They were wild. And you would say, like, you would ask the question. And basically, they had not played all day. Mm-hmm. They'd been at school. They'd done inside stuff at lunch so they had not been out to play when they got home from school they had so much homework and then they had to get dinner and then they had to get to practice and they were going to go home and have bath and bed it was like the amount of stress in their lives you know one of the the silver linings and we weren't super busy but for other families we've got some families on our street that are very busy there's a family with four children on our street four or five children and they were telling me we've never we've never been this free right and and i know homeschoolers can often make ourselves busy too because we have the time to be involved in lots time of to things make ourselves busy yeah but if we see that the stress is overtaking our children then we can pull that back right with yeah if you've got kids that are in school and then have two hours of homework every night just the stress that's piling on them and and i i really i want our kids to have a childhood so so yeah. what is yours uh, like? had, it's a little bit different no i had the same thing so uh you know we all know with the common core um there's been a big mentality switch within the schools to test, you know, to teach to the test. So there's the testing mentality mm-hmm. that is very stressful. Um, they also have the, you know, the exorbitant amount of homework. You know, we've seen that for years. Um, I, I, I know it's kind of the pendulum swinging slowly back in the other direction, which is good. But, you know, I remember when I was in high school and this was in the 90s, right? The late 90s, you know, I would have school. So 
I, I went to private school, but I had to drive to private school and it was a long distance. So it was an hour to go from uh, my house to my private school. And then I, and then I would be at school. I had to get there early and then I would be at school all day. And then after that, I would have to do all my homework, you know, after practice because, you know, varsity practice when I was basketball um, didn't start till a little bit later. So I had some time to do my homework. Then I had basketball practice and then I would drive home. Well, I wouldn't be home until like nine o'clock at night. I hadn't eaten dinner. So then I would eat, I would eat a little bit of dinner, do my homework and go to bed at like 10, 30, 11 o'clock. And that was my high school life. Like that was my life. And I was like, that. I don't want that for my kids. Because yeah. it was, it was a lot of stress. And then when we had away games, which was pretty often, and I played golf as well, you know, I, I wouldn't be back to school until midnight one o'clock and then i had to drive home an hour that was my life and then i saw other kids through the 2000s were you know my cousins complaining about having two three hours of homework a night and then we you know the kids that we were talking with and the parents we were talking with during that time period they would all say oh two three hours of homework a night yeah one one of my friends um whose children were in junior high said he was oh well, thank goodness the teacher said they would give no more than a half hour of homework per night. And I said, oh, great. Well, half hour's not much. He goes, yeah, per class. So it's not yeah, too bad. Four or five classes, yeah. I'm like, no, that's that's a problem. <laughs> that's well, and, a problem. And that, kind of, and that kind of dovetails with the being with the family type of thing. So I had yeah. I had testing mentality, three hours of homework and night issues, and then performance stress. And we talked about this. That's a big one. Being able to, you know, um, a lot of people piling things on like activities and extracurriculars and all this type of stuff on top of school on top of homework on top of testing on top of like i gotta make my grades on top of getting ready for college and it becomes this like soul crushing performance anxiety Mm -hmm. and i never wanted that to have happen with our kids and i wanted to have a it's not like they're not going to learn right and this is another concept that we've been talking about a little bit lately is the idea of there's paralysis because there's so many opportunities out there. There's so many curriculums. There's so many books. There's so many activities. There's so many extracurriculars. And we all, you know, we all look at our kids and we say, well, we want these kids to be successful. Doctors, lawyers, engineers, and, you know, wealthy you know, business people. And we want them to be successful in their lives. And we think, because we're adults, my gosh, they've got to do the right thing, you know, they, they got to navigate this complex world and I got to give them all these activities and all these, you know, opportunities. And if they don't, if they're not into STEM at six years old, they're not going to be a STEM person. It's like, whew, you know, I yeah. feel that pressure too, right? Like I, f- I have to understand my mentality is, you know, when I was seven or eight, I wasn't thinking about STEM stuff. I wasn't thinking no. about science stuff. I was just having I fun. I didn't do anything was, science until high school and yeah. I'm an engineer. And, and so, you know, like, yeah, I know. So, right? yeah. So it, you know, in my, in my, I have to, I have to really just calm down. I have to remember back when I was a kid, when I was in middle school or I was in elementary school, I wasn't stressing about all my math homework. I wasn't, no. I was playing baseball. I yeah, was playing. Yeah, you'd get home and you'd play. It fun. And I, I remember I, when I was pregnant. I think as parents, we, I, like, I, I, I've talked to you about this a couple of times where I feel there's. You, am I, am I doing there's enough a para- for her? Yeah, and... there's a paralysis of choice and you almost want to say, I want to collapse this down so that it's an easier selection because you do feel this pressure as a parent that you have to do everything and it's not the case and i have to keep telling myself that and so like if 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 you don't collapse those options down your anxiety for your children's future will be just projected on Mm -hmm. top of them and you're 
last thing you want to do is say, okay, you've got to do all this homeschool. You got to then go do all these STEM extra, extra, extracurriculars. You got to do the horse riding camp. Then you got to be in band. Then you got to play four sports. <laughs> and because, and on top of that, you need 200 hours of, of community service every year. So that that looks really good on the college application. It's like, you know, but just I, take I, a deep I breath. I love that you know? we have the ability though, right? I yeah. mean, and I'm not saying that we won't at some point maybe go too far thinking that our our daughter wants to do, you know, all these activities and then yeah. maybe go too far, but at least we have the option. I remember when I was pregnant, I went to a breastfeeding support group and one of the moms was talking beforehand about one of her older children. And she said she was so heartbroken because she could not find a weekend baseball league that only had practices and games on the weekends. And she said her second grader was just dying to play baseball. Yeah. And I think it was baseball. Maybe it was basketball. She wanted something that was only weekend-based. And they were like, well, there's plenty of leagues if he wants to play. I mean, yeah. it's, it's weekday. And she goes, he has so much homework every night as a second grader that he can't play a sport. So, and and I I know that we may go overboard at some point. And I'm sure it will happen to everybody. And then we'll have to dial it back. But yeah. at least we have the option. Yeah. At least we can say... The ske- our schedule is our own and maybe we've overscheduled ourselves and we'll back down. Mm-hmm. But if you're in school and then you have the homework component on top of it, you can't, you can't do that. Yeah. I mean, I, I've heard of parents writing. I've, I've, I've talked to parents before who've written to teachers and said, my, my child's not turning in this assignment because this is just too much work and that kind of thing. And that never goes over very well. No, it doesn't. Right. Because there are expectations to be met. How does, and, and for teachers to see it on their side, how do they deal with that? They've got, you know, requirements that they need to meet. So this is a real tough one, but this is, um, this is one that was important. So let them have a childhood. So do you have any, I, so you have, you and I have agreed with about four or five of these items. Do you have anything on your list that I don't have on there? I have a couple things. So you said five, I put five. Well, I had seven. I, I said like, you know, she added an extra one. Well, I, I don't I don't know. I said come Teacher's up with pet. a few. I'm not the teacher here. I, you, I don't <laughs> want your apple. Listen. So, um, so one of mine is uh, to give our children enough experiences and opportunities to discover what they want to do for their career. Yes. So uh, Matthew has a cousin who is uh, extremely smart. He's um, in his fifth year of college, I think. So super, super smart, wonderful kid, did lots of extracurricular curricular activities, straight A student, went to college. I mean, just like a, a wonderful, wonderful kid um, and and now young man. And But the problem is he was so busy with school and other things that he didn't get to discover what he actually wanted to do. And so now he's in fi- his fifth year of college well, trying well, to figure think, it out. I think he's finally figuring it out. Like he's doing kind of a biology, criminology but he thing. Still, he still doesn't know exactly what he wants to do when he gets out. And I, I think... One of the things that I wanted out of homeschool was the ability to give our daughters mm-hmm. the time to say, you're interested in being a vet. This is one of the things, okay? So his cousin was interested in potentially being a veterinarian. So he went and he interned at a vet. Well, he did this as a junior in college. Mm-hmm. We could do this with our child as a sophomore in high school mm-hmm. and say, hey, do an unpaid internship at a vet and maybe learn you don't want to be a vet, which is mm-hmm. what he ended up figuring out that wasn't right for him. But so giving them the experiences to figure out what they want to do for their career so that their college or, or technical school or whatever they want to do yeah. is not wasted. You know, that they, that was important to me. And I don't think they're going to get that opportunity. Yeah, we, we've talked about busy in school. Yeah. We've talked about this. I, you know, we've had a number of conversations on this where, you know, the fact that we can do homeschooling gives them the opportunity to have internships or job, you know, working experience 
during their high school years or their elementary years mm -hmm. or you know having that experience earlier in their life can help you're right hone what they're interested in but also on top of that i think another skill that you know i hope to pass on and i think this this will be it as well is that even if you you know you you do your high school you work hard you go to college you get that you know degree in whatever that job field is understand that that doesn't have to be the end all and i think that's something that i think a lot of high school kids don't get told or the kids going into college they think this is it i'm going to be a business administrative person or i'm going to be a political science person or i'm going to be an engineer for the rest of my life and that is not the case like I went to school to be a physicist. I wanted to be a high energy physicist and I ended up becoming a regular material physicist and then I became an electrical engineer and then I became a marketing requirements definition for hardware and software and then I just became a marketing person for hardware, not outbound but inbound, creating hardware, telling developers what to develop. Um, that became a passion of mine and then the process of building software. So I went from studying particle physics to developing software. And, and now I'm a stay-at-home dad, right? And all of that within, what, since 2001? So literally 20 years. That's that's the arc in 20 years. Mm -hmm. I've had, a, you know, half a dozen jobs. I worked at NASA. I did, I actually did science. I did, uh, you know, original science work in, you know, a lab there. You know, I, I, I made the arc. And none of that pertained, uh, you know, most of my professional life had nothing to do with what I went to college for. Yeah, it's and, true. And that is a normal, you know, that is a normal, you know, direction in life. And that and that is, I think, happens more often than, than most people, you know, understand. Like, for example, you went to school to be an ocean engineer. Yeah, I have a marine and, engineering degree. And marine engineer. And now you're building medical equipment. You're a project manager for a medical company. And it's right. like, like that is... And very happy doing it. And very happy doing it. And it's so, not like I got um, pushed into something I didn't want to do. But it's so hard to know, right? Yeah. It's so hard to know well, when and you they think there's this, And they think there's the finality of it, right? That, okay, I'm going to go become a lawyer, right? And I will be a lawyer for the rest of my well, life. Well, and what type of law, right? The, oh, yeah. I'm going to become this kind of criminal justice lawyer. And they end up well, going into patent law and being really law. happy with that, exactly. right? So I think it just... But the opportunity... By homeschooling and by setting our own schedule and our own workload, we can see interests our kids might have mm -hmm. and explore them with our children so that they can determine maybe a little bit sooner and at least, you know, not go completely out of left field, right? Yeah. It's it's easier on their their time, their budget, their life if they don't have to go to college twice because they, you know, they, they didn't know what direction they wanted well, to go. And, and if you're a person who who doesn't embrace, you know, lifelong learning and that's a skill you want to cultivate. This is a great opportunity to do it with your children because along the path your children are going to become really interested in things. They are going to become, you know, deeply passionate. Like, you know, our daughter could become, you know, a software coder in like 3 or 4 years, right? Wanting to play with Arduino kits, wanting to do Raspberry Pi stuff, wanting to do, you know, Python coding, whatever it might be. And I'm there to help her. But she could also be interested in art. And I could be right there with her, mm -hmm. getting the tablets, doing the canvas painting, doing the classes with her, right? Being able to help be there with her and sh and and be a a mentor parent to, that says this is a great idea. Let's go together with this. I I don't think that's something you can do if you didn't homeschool. And I think that's. Are you seeing ahead on my list, Booza? Yeah, go ahead. Here's what I have: re-experience learning with my children. 
I see this the reflection exactly, in your eyes, the glint. Mm, yeah. I mean, this is exactly what you're talking yeah. about, right? Um, there were so many things that, that we didn't learn in school mm-hmm. uh, and that I'm loving relearning with my child. She's very interested in Egypt, and so we read lots and lots of books about ancient Egypt. And I have learned so much, and this is one of... <laughs> it's unbelievable. I mean... You know, this is a selfish purpose, I guess, for homeschooling. But I love to learn, and I wanted to. I want to do it with her. I want to mm-hmm. experience that. We want to experience that with her. And it's true of homeschooling when when your children are studying something, the whole family it's it takes over your life for that time. Exactly. Right? Everyone is studying it, learning about it, which I think is great. You know, so many parents have said with the pandemic that their children are doing Zoom school, mm-hmm. and they never really realized. They never knew all of what their kids really did at school, what they were learning, they were kind of disconnected, especially if their kids had no problem getting their homework done by themselves. It was, you went to school today. How was your day at school? It was good. Do you have any homework? Yep, I already got it done. Okay, great. Right there, there's not, and, and we've asked our daughter too when she comes home from preschool, what'd you do at preschool today? I don't know, right? I'm sure she had a great time. I'm sure she was learning valuable things, but we weren't a part of that. So I wanted to be a part of it and get to learn those things too. And so that's just, yeah, it's right, right with what you were saying. Yeah, and, and they kind of go together. So, Ariel, <laughs> do you have anything else on your list? <laughs> I do. I'm sorry. I guess I overachieved on this list thing. Okay, so this one is important to me, which was to um, protect our children from bullying and adverse yes. relationships. So this is, um, you know, obviously bullying from other children, but there's also, there can be bullying from, you mm-hmm. know, there can be poor adult relationships. I've, I've had in my past a couple of teachers mm-hmm. that actually weren't, weren't good people. And, you know, that, that happens in every profession, I'm sure, right? It's not unique to them. Um, but those were not good relationships. And it's really hard. I've, I've, you know, my parents tried to switch classes for me and some different things happened. And it's real hard to work within that framework, of of the public school of how do you you know I, I was very badly bullied when I was in junior high and yeah. how do we how do we get her I had actually had my entire class load switched in junior high because of bullying and so to to me it's one of those where I I can look back and remember how helpless my parents felt that there was really nothing that they could do they talked with the superintendent they talked with the principal they got my classes switched but that didn't protect me at lunchtime right and and there yeah. wasn't much that they could really weren't a lot of levers for them to pull. And then in high school, when some things happened with a, with a teacher and, and a kind of a bullying situation with a, a teacher relationship, they actually were not able to switch my classes yeah, and right. the, the school administration wouldn't. And so I, I just remember how helpless they felt. And I, I didn't ever want to feel that way. I didn't ever want our children to be subjected to a relationship with a child or with a, with an adult that wasn't healthy for them. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, it's funny. We talked to my father the other day and he said, well, but she's got to be prepared for there to be, you know, there could be bullies in life, right? There can be people. And, and we were talking about in our jobs, uh, we, you know, we, we work, worked both at offices. We didn't, I mean, there was people that, you know, you didn't maybe like to work with because they were kind of grumpy or they were generally not team players. But people didn't like openly bully one another at our offices, yeah. right? They didn't <laughs> so like, like spill coffee on you and like give you wedgies and put your head in the toilet and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, that just didn't <laughs> have, that's just not how people interact. Yeah, you've got, oh yeah, that guy's always grumpy. I hate going to talk to him about yeah. getting something done. But it's yeah. not like it's, it's not personal and it's, and if there was, that's an HR issue, yeah. right? So it's not, you know, you have recourse, but our children don't have recourse and they're trying to be better about bullying in schools. And yeah. I know there's lots of initiatives and things, but 
I just, I felt so strongly but, but, that that didn't help me but, as a person. But, you know, we're not, I think what you're saying, saying is wonderful. And, but I, I don't think we're delusional in, in the idea that, you know, we're, our child's never going to encounter a bully or never going to encounter right, bullying they, behavior. Of course they are. We've but already had it happen, right? You said that the other day. Yeah, we've already had it happen once, uh, twice. With kids on the street. Kid, well, some, some kids around the area. Mm-hmm. And then maybe in one of our activities, um, our, uh, one of our, our gymnastics activity, we had an issue as well. Right. And so, it, listen, it's going to happen. And, and those are moments to have conversations. But the fact that you're able to be there, you're able to see and interact, you're able to pull them out of the situation, use it as an educational experience to your child, not only on, you know, that is not allowed to be done to you. You have to tell me when that happens. But also, you do not do that to other people as well, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. it's a great opportunity for you to educate there. And yeah, the last thing I would want her to do is like to, to, to dread, like on top of everything we've talked about, to then dread going to school every day. Right. And that is like, that's yeah. even the, that's on top of all that with the pressure and the education, and the homeschool, you know, uh, the, the home, the homework, you know, to then go into school and to dread going mm-hmm. to school every day. I mean, that is not something we'd ever want to happen. And we have the power. We made the choice. We're, we're making the active choice to not have all those type of things happen. We're not saying that public school is a terrible thing. No, not here, at all. But, but there's so much that's not in your control. And and, and, and and I don't want to be the parent that, you know, is the helicopter parent. And we're not, right? We're not the helicopter parents. We're not sitting here trying to, like, protect them from every little thing. I, I want my daughter to fall and scrape her knee. I want, you know... <laughs> <laughs> I watched the the youngest fall off the couch, and I'm like, uh, she's not bleeding. She's all right, you know that type of stuff. Like, we want them to have experiences. We want them to have all these experiences and experiences with dealing with, you know, when when we did have an issue with some other children and yeah, and leaving I want, her. I want behind. to pile up good experiences so that when they have the bad experiences, that they know how to handle those. Well, and then we and give her the to, tools. Yeah. We were we were present with that, right? So we we knew exactly when this one situation happened. We knew when it happened. We helped her to figure out how to deal with it, you know, and helped her work through it. But it's not like she's, oh, she's stuck in a classroom with a kid that bullies her every day and there's nothing we can do about that, right? I I mean, if she's in an enrichment activity and there's a kid there that's not Mm -hmm. a good relationship for her and we're not able to get it dealt with, then we will just pull her out, right? We have have that power. We're very very blessed that we're we're in a country that allows us to have the opportunity to homeschool. And we know there are mm-hmm. countries out there that don't allow that. And, you know, not having that ability to, to remove your child from something that you know is a bad situation mm-hmm. must be the most heart wrenching thing on the planet. I, it's gotta be uh, just not to be able to protect your child. I think is that's terrible. And, for us too, we're so close to these situations when they happen that we can we can assess is this a situation she needs to learn how to work through yeah. because you know adversity is is something that everyone needs to learn how to overcome and yeah. deal with difficult situations. The, the situation or is this unhealthy? Yeah, the situation doesn't go from a momentary uncomfortable situation to something that's perpetually agonizing, and it's okay to have bad experiences. That's a good thing. Like yeah, we all, we all get we that. Have to, and she has to learn. But they per, have to learn. But perpetual agony, and I know that you went through that on a daily basis, is is something that you have the, you know, we have the power to control that. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm okay if, you know, my daughter has a bad experience with a kid on the street or has a bad experience with a kid at a, you know, an enrichment activity. 
that's okay. I'm okay with that, but I'm there. I can respond to it and then I can stop it, right? So that's a momentary thing and then I can use that as a teaching moment. That's very, that's a very good thing to have, have happen because then she can learn about what's good and what's bad. But if she's in a situation where she's just dreading the day-to-day, that is something I just can't handle. I cannot allow that to happen yeah. because that is because I have the power to stop it. And if I don't stop it, you know, then that's on me. And so I agree with you. That is a, a big thing. Now, I wasn't bullied in kid, in school because I looked like an adult since I was 10. You're giant. I'm an, I was enormous. So I didn't have that problem. I did. I, actually, I did. I, I, had, I was bullied when I was in like first and second grade because I looked like a sixth grader. <laughs> so the sixth <laughs> graders bullied me. That was only one. It was like one year. And after that, yeah, I was just so big. Nobody picked on me. But uh, yeah, that, that's the benefits of genetics. But, <laughs> no. but you know, I, I, I and you've, you've, you know, you've talked about your experience and that is not something I'd ever want. I, I wouldn't want any kid to go through that. No, certainly and, not. And let alone your own kids. Right. So I, I agree, absolutely agree with you. I, I think this was, I think this whole exercise has been really good. And I think you, you mentioned that you want to encourage our listeners to do this with yes so you know, now it's down. your turn sit so, down with so, your partner spouse so as much as we we talked about not doing homework oh that's right we're giving you some homework that's right <laughs> so i we would encourage you to do this exercise before we talked today matt and i had not seen each other's lists and i think it's important even if even if your partner spouse is not actively involved in homeschool but they, yeah. they're the primary working and um you know to be on the same page and to realize that these are the common goals you have. We're going to be talking about how to set goals for this next year soon. And I think this is a great precursor conversation Mm -hmm. to how to set goals. I don't think you can, I don't think you can really achieve a goal without understanding the purpose behind it, the why of it. So we encourage you to do this and maybe you, uh, you might learn something, something uh, insightful. And I've learned some insightful things today, actually uh, just talking with you, even though we talk about homeschool all the time, there's still some things I didn't, I didn't really think about the, the focus and the, the, you know, the, the critical thinking. And I'm like, yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I just, I hadn't thought about it. And these are the things that will carry us on the days when, this is really hard, yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, and, and you're thinking it would be so much easier if we could go yeah. have them go to school, and you know, a, a teacher could teach them. So, so you know, I've had those hard hard moments where I've said, "Well, maybe I need to go back to work." Right. And, We've talked about it and every time we and talk I, about and I go these through, reasons. And well, I go through the I go through the thought experiment. Okay, I'm back at work. I'm working 65 hours a week. I'm on phone calls with India. At night, I'm on phone calls with the Euro dev team on in the morning, and I'm working all day, and I'm on my phone all the time, and I'm taking calls, and I'm like, that's not what I want. I don't want that. Well, right, and I'm going to, you know, we talked, okay, well, yeah. so I'd go to work early, and you'd go to work late, so we wouldn't see each other in the morning, so one of us could drop the kids, the other one would pick up the kids, that's, right, that's, but then we'd probably have to do after school care, and it's like... And, and, and for what? Dollars and cents. That's really well, it's all we're, for. because we're fortunate enough that yeah. we don't need the second income. You know, we, yes. we can survive on the single income, um, which you know we are we are so um, so blessed to be able to do. So, yeah. but it's just uh, yeah, it's it's these experiments are these experiments are good. We it encourage is. you to talk with your spouse and. And really, if you really want to get fun, put a couple beers in me, and I'll start doing some conspiracy theory stuff. Oh, about the education system. <laughs> Let's not go there. Let's not go there, folks. That's so, that's podcasting after dark. <laughs> we're, it's in the morning. So, so take the, take the homework clean. over the holidays. <laughs> make your list. Your uh, spouse make their list and and talk. 
and talk about it because I think you might be a bit surprised and it might give you a great uh, foundation to go into this next homeschooling I year. I think this I is our this is our last podcast because mm-hmm. the the one coming out on Friday is going to be a terrific interview um, mm-hmm. with a with a homeschooling mom in Alaska. So we want to wish you all happy holidays yes. and uh, you Stay know safe. happy New Year. And we'll uh, we'll see you again after New Year's. Okay, so we like to end it like we always like to end. With something oh, that's we're right. Into. That's, that's right. right. We always gotta end with some. So sorry, this week cut it out. This week, you know, we had the podcast a couple. Last week or so, where we talked about we were doing some woodworking projects with the wife when I had some leftover wood, and so this week we're, we've been into with the with the oldest is woodworking and power tools. Oh yeah, with a five year old. With a five year old, so I had some scrap wood, and we've been doing the Lego Advent Calendar. I think we we've mentioned that, mm-hmm. um, and every night she's been playing with Legos every night, and she's just been getting a kick out of it. And so I took some extra wood, had two pieces of wood that were kind of basically the same length. And I found a couple hinges that uh, I wasn't using. And so I built her kind of, we were going to build this kind of foldable, collapsible house. And maybe I'll take a picture of it. We'll put it on, we'll put it on the Instagram and maybe on the Facebook page. Um, but I said, okay, let's, let's see what she's willing to do. And so I found some screws and I had the hinges and I, I started the screws in and we have this little handy little screw gun. It's a little black and black decker. Black and decker. Not one of the big ones that's, you know, a huge screw gun. It's like gun. a little uh, cordless, uh, you know, it's the one that my Grammy has and that she actually gave us for Christmas yes. one year. It's like a real small. Yes. It's it's a little small thing that kind of gets stored away in like a utility closet and you pull it out to hang a picture. Yeah. That so kind of thing. I pulled that out and I had all the bits and I showed her how to use it and she was able to turn it on and I had her put the bits in. I, sh- I showed her the ends of the bits were different. And I pulled out some additional screws that had different, you know, did different head configurations and things like that. I had a star pattern. I had a Phillips, a flathead. And so I was showing her the different ways. And then I, I started it in with by hand. And then I had her and I held her, held her hand and I helped her. And she got to screw it into herself. And we, all screws went all the way in. And she was just like her eyes and her mouth. And she was smiling ear to ear. And she was loving it. And you sanded it first, too. Oh, yeah. And we got some sandpaper. And so I sanded the edges. So we sanded the edges. I sanded one one board. And she sanded the other. And then she gave me her board. And I finished sanding it. Because otherwise, it wasn't really perfect. But she got the experience of smoothing it out and putting it together. And then once we screwed it together, it's kind of this foldable kind of, if you can imagine, like a book. But it's longer. So it's like a long book. Yeah, it's two one by sixes that are both about a foot long. About a maybe. foot long, yeah. And so they kind of folded it together. And then what we did is we, I got the Sharpie out and I said, okay, this is a house. And she goes, oh, this is going to be perfect. It's going to be perfect. I said, I said, you know, what do you want in your house? And she goes, I want a door right here. So I drew a door and then a window and then the kitchen and everything. And we let that dry and call, you know, and then we went and painted it. And then we painted the other side. So it was the reverse of the inside. So we put the windows and the doors where they should be. And then we painted the exterior of the house and everything. And now it's this little foldable, silly little construction house. And she's so proud of it because she was able to make it. And she did all the painting and she did, she assembled it. And it was just a couple screws and stuff. So I think the moral of what we're saying is um, don't be afraid to start to introduce your kids into things that, you know, most people would not let kids play with as long as you're there and you're helping them along the way. I, she really, she was over the moon building this thing and she's been super proud of it. And she's pulled it out every night and she does her leg that she built and she's telling me all these other things she wants to 
put on it she wants to put on a roof and all this other things <laughs> and i'm thinking inside my head i'm like i don't know if i have enough hinges for that but she's she's already getting prepared for a wife okay we got this project done now i want you to do this other thing oh yes. and i want to make it bigger and i want to <laughs> daddy you need to go mow the lawn you need to go paint this room for me i'm like well why can't you go do it <laughs> <laughs> so anyway i you know uh, Play with some wood, play with some power tools. Um, I think it was it was a good experience for her, and I think it's something that I'll be doing a little bit more in the you know maybe in the new year we'll be doing a little bit more construction. I want to build some raised beds out back, so I think it'll be a perfect time for her to be able to kind of do that with me and have the have the to know that she built something yeah. and that she sees it every day and she can play with it. I think she has a little bit more. She's she just has a little bit more has more meaning to it to her than if it was just like another toy especially in the holiday season she keeps going back to the foldable <laughs> crappy wood house that we built and you know ignoring other toys that were packed you know melissa and doug eat your heart out you know <laughs> so you know and i think she also likes it because we did it together yeah and it's something we can you, she was can so make, proud of it she was so proud of it so i encourage you guys to make some toys get out there do some woodworking and play with power tools you know, don't don't let the kids play with a compound miter saw, but you know, a little hand screw. Oh, and the other thing too is, um, we talked a little bit about electricity. Gave us a little opportunity to talk about electricity and the power of that because I gave her a uh, just a, a basic screwdriver and I said, okay, now screw it in by hand. And she was like, ah, ah. And then we did it by the screw gun, and she saw that. I said, this has a lot of built-in power. Think about how much effort it was for you to turn the screw that is stored within this screw gun she was like whoa so she kind of got the idea of that there's storable energy things take energy so we had a little bit of opportunity to kind of play with that so a little stemmy uh went to my heart a little bit so it was, it was nice so hopefully you guys uh give you guys some ideas in the new year thanks so much for joining us today and making us a part of your homeschool journey please engage with us on social media Join our Homeschool Together podcast group on Facebook and find us at Homeschool Together podcast on Instagram. We'd love to hear your feedback, questions, and recommendations. Until next time. Happy homeschooling!